0: Yeah, but um, I think that in order to do act well, to really embody the work that uh, there, you do have to start here. Are you willing? Are you um, in this moment doing values-based work with this person in front of you? Are you open and diffused? Can you hold them as a whole human being, or are you sort of caught up in what's the next best metaphor? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or or what's the technique that I should use here to help them diffuse. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, I want to be careful, like it's not that you can't do that, right? Like Mm -hmm. techniques and metaphors and exercises are all part of, you know, bringing a lively process oriented therapy into the room. And then there's the experiential piece, not separate from but not given enough attention to um we're so busy describing that we're haven't sort of stopped to see if this can be described number one and if it can how do we how do we move people into this space mm-hmm.
1: My name is Marcel Tassara. and uh, for those of you new, just tuning in, this is a uh, podcast meant for therapists to sharpen our skills in mindfulness-based approaches, and uh, you know, as the title suggests, act, but also other um, contextually behavioral uh, therapies, uh, contextual behavioral therapies, including FAP and compassion-focused therapy. Mm idea with these therapies is how can we help clients to change the relationship that they have to their experiences so that they can move in directions that they want to move regardless of of what's what they're feeling and not that what we're feeling isn't important but um for the majority of us and um we we are we learn to to be with these these difficult inner experiences in ways that uh, don't serve us and serve who we are and what we want to be in this life. And uh, so I have found ACT to be something that's really resurrected my, my uh, ACT and FAP and, and the, whole, the whole deal to, to be something that has really resurrected my interest and uh, passion for this work. So I'm very grateful to the pioneers who've, who've uh, laid the groundwork, and, and uh, I've had many of them on, and today I have another one on that I'm really thrilled to share with you. Mm. And again, oh, speaking of sharing, uh, the, music. Oof, the music, the music, the mm. music. It is uh, some uh, tunes that come from my near and dear friends, Sandra Milena Guevara and uh, Roberto Zuleta. Their band is called Zulena and they just came out with this new album called Luz, Camino, y Guilla. And um, I'm going to put a link down below um, for uh, their Bandcamp, on Bandcamp the app and on the website you can you can buy the album and contribute to some just beautiful, beautiful musicians. And I'm um, just, just uh, putting this on here with lots of love. I have no financial um, ties to, to whether you purchase it or not. Um, but they're just just some beautiful human beings who are, are uh, sh- really shining and and uh, sharing their hearts in, in lovely ways. This episode is probably one of the episodes that will uh, translate the best to date of, of the ones that I've I published and recorded to to practitioners of any therapy of psychology, um, any any branch of, of psychotherapy, because uh, this is this is about the heart this is about working from the heart and connecting from that place and um, really have such a beautiful person to sit down and and open up this conversation with open up this topic and open up the heart with and that's uh, dr robin walser who is just a very very um special person we're all special people but in this in this vein and what she's contributed and and really her heart her her organ Has that organ has contributed mightily to 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 this work uh, and to the dissemination of and and um, development of 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 these therapies. So it's it's just I'm filled with with gratitude to be able to share this and uh, share that time I, I shared with Robin and share this discussion with you. Uh, Robin uh, Walser is is a director of TLC Consultation and Psychological Services and the co-director of Bay Area Trauma Recovery Clinical Services. She works at the National Center for PTSD, developing and disseminating innovative ways to translate science into practice and serves as an assistant clinical professor in the Department of Psychology at the University of California, Berkeley. She's a fellow in the association... Um, of Contextual Behavioral Sciences, and some of her books include The Heart of ACT, Learning ACT, The Mindful Couple, and um, ACT for uh, the Treatment of Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder and Trauma-Related Problems. She also has a new course, which is an on-demand course through Praxis CET, called Healing Trauma with ACT, and um, it's a pretty expansive course there that um, I think you can get lifetime access to. So being in the heart space, to me, is about being present. What do we do as adults in our lives, in our day-to-day lives, that pulls us into the present moment, really? Maybe some mindfulness practice, meditation, some sports, sex. Mm, what else? What else are we doing? And given the way in which we work as therapists with other humans we share in a space that has words and has emotions and all kinds of experiences that we can't put words around. So to me that, that, is, about, that is about vulnerability and how can I allow myself to be vulnerable and to be present with who I am in this moment as I am. There is a tradition within the psychodynamic and modern analytic psychotherapies uh, to participate in what's called training groups, T-groups. You might have read about it in like the, the Yalom group book. And um, in these groups, the work is about, you know, part of it is, is didactic, part of it is case consultation, but a lot of it is present moment experiential group present moment experiential group present moment how can I be present how can I be present and how can I sharpen this tool that I have within me and um, be with others be with others how can I be with someone else in a way that is okay I'm showing that I'm okay with and and, and so I don't my experience is that doesn't that doesn't get absorbed through any text it it gets uh, absorbed through experience and, and doing one of my career aspirations is to see more opportunities for us as clinicians as not just psychodynamically inclined or modern analytically inclined clinicians to to be able to participate in in these kinds of groups. So uh, I'm committed to doing my part and that means uh, organizing some. So if you are interested in a very reasonably priced uh, group, reach out to me. My email is below and i'd be happy to answer any questions you have Uh, without further ado uh, here is the marvelous robin walser i don't know if i did it on purpose or not but i felt like i didn't there was some things i had on 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 my chalkboard to discuss but then also just kind of wanted to leave it open and i've had a i've had an interesting kind of like uh, come to jesus with act recently and myself um you know like i just realized how much of how much of the act i was consuming was being consumed by my mind you know and it was just kind of this like it was just up here you know yep. what i've noticed is with the reading and and even just the acquiring of information it just kind of just like is like i don't know it goes into this tank of i'm gonna figure out how to fix people and um and you know they say what do they say that the longest journey on earth is from the head to the heart right? So I got this stuff up here It comes in here, and I read it and it's words and words and words. And then I go sit with someone and I've got to I've got to like, share that experientially with them. And I it's, that's a hard, it's a hard transition. Read. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, um, I suppose one of the things that I worry about when I think about digesting act, right, like reading and uh, taking things in, although I think it's, I think it's necessary, right? Mm-hmm. I think like I, it's a part of the process is that all the words and diagrams and, you know, metaphors and exercises, all the things that people um, look to kind of set it up to miss something mm-hmm. and to, to really like like what if we started with the heart and went to mm. the head instead of the long journey this way, we had a long journey the other way around, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like what would that look like? And, um, it feels a little bit, the word that comes to mind is primitive, um, a little bit, um, of course, naive, uh, cause our minds are always, you know, wrapping stories around our experiences and, uh, instead of just settling into what's here and present Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and what it does, what's here and present matter as I am interacting with another person sitting across from me. And, uh, does that, um, is that going to be useful for them in terms of creating meaning in their lives? Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, you know i don't want to undercut the reading but there's a another thing that has to happen in my opinion that is about um opening thoroughly to experiencing does
2: mm-hmm. that make
0: sense so i am yeah yeah, yeah
1: yeah 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 and and i i felt that um at my first um, boot camp like i think that was that was um well, communicated, you know, um, and um, but then you know that that um, honeymoon wears off after a little while, <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, mm.
1: and uh, yeah, so this this balance, this balance of learning, I think there was a lot there, you said it, I'm um. Uh, I think you said something that I, I really struck me and i wanted to lean into was this setting us up to miss is that what you said
0: i did i said it's setting i wonder if it's setting us up to miss something mm. and like and it and it's hard to say this without sort of backing away from all the words and diagrams and metaphors and exercises like i said because i, I that's not what i'm wanting mm-hmm. Um, But if you think about the dynamic in terms of how people are communicating with each other, what the intentions are that they're setting, the pain that might be in the room when you're working with a client,
2: Hmm.
0: um, I want to be there for those things. But in a uh, very present and kind of middle grounded way. Uh, that can't always be described with words. Um, it probably has to be shaped. It probably has to be encountered. So when you think about your first boot camp, like mm-hmm. you're being taking through these exercises and probably in some ways, words didn't match your experience. Can you like can you touch into all of the intricacies of what you were feeling and sensing? Mm-hmm. Versus just the simple words that mm-hmm. we're passing through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to do.
1: It's hard. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Uh, I don't know what the German word is, but in this uh, letter to a young poet, he has the word unsayable in there, right near Maria Wilkie. Yeah, it's unsayableness of of experience.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that it's like our. It's the case, and makes sense to me that words cannot match experience. And in fact, we would say that, right? Like they cannot match experience, not only in terms of thinking about the rise and fall of pain and the rise and fall of joy, that we um, don't acknowledge that very often. We sort of deny the pain, run from the pain and say the pain is always there and kind of hang out in stories in ways that create more pain or prolong mm-hmm. the pain but when when we step away from the language and watch it of course it rises and falls it changes it it mutates it's powerful and then it's not and it's tearful and then it fades and you know there's all kinds of ways in which one mm-hmm. might experience hmm. emotional pain and we just call it pain
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we need the 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 eskimos to help us here
0: right right do you see the point i'm making here is like we don't the words can't match the Mm -hmm. qualities and textures Mm -hmm. and colors and the vividness of some of our experiences they just don't do it
1: yeah 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 and i i on that note i I think that, in I, I have shamed myself with the term alexithymic a little bit, you know, and my inability to to sense. I don't think it's so so much sense though. I'm kind of like like I think I'm seeing how it's just like I, I don't know. Do I have to put words around everything?
0: I don't think so. <laughs> you don't have to you know (laughs) sometimes things are better left unsaid like Mm. I think some of the most powerful moments I've had in the therapy room have been moments where there's no words Mm -hmm. and I'm just present uh, with the client and you can feel the, the space between us is filled with something that feels connected and important, meaningful. And, and almost any word that you put on it doesn't feel adequate.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think that's because it isn't adequate. There's no word for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I've been working to really um, ask clients as they, as I kind of steer them inward to not even consider sharing it, just like for yourself, and and what what's there, notice notice it, and and don't even like, I don't know, um, pressure yourself to even have to explain it to you or to me.
0: Yeah. Interesting. That's a, I I like that move. Yeah.
1: Um. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so so um, this heart space. Uh, I don't know where where are you, where should we go from here to talk about, um, like how people can, uh, allow themselves to occupy that more.
0: Well, I mean, if I can be heady about it, which is unfortunate, I like, how do I communicate this without speaking about it? Right. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: you could just do an interpretive dance if you want.
0: That's fine. <laughs> would, that, would that work? <laughs> <sighs> well, so like, like think about this, um, this place, and maybe this metaphor will capture it in a way. If you think about the moment between a parent and a young child, a preverbal child, mm-hmm. and maybe. The child is just being held and there's something passing between them in their eyes, Mm. you know, as they look at each other, a sense of connection, safety, presence, um, who knows, like, and who knows what's happening for the baby in that space. But if it's pre-verbal, it's not like, oh, this is really great. I'm really enjoying this. Something else is going on there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, like, could we bring that quality, whatever that quality is, uh, more fully into the room, like I will be here with you in this way, where you know that I'm present, and I'm going to hear you really hear you. I'm not going to be in my mind trying to solve your problem in advance mm-hmm. of what you're saying. Mm-hmm um i'm 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 at the edge of my chair and i'm here
2: yeah yeah um
0: that's something that um i don't know presence maybe is what it's called but it's presence with an intention to convey um that you are a whole and capable human being, and inside of this work, we can move something that feels important, that yeah. feels uh, relevant to your life and what you want.
1: Mm. Okay. Yeah. And I, I guess I'm just drawn. I, I'm being reminded of how um, I think, and in, in, you know, most act. A lot of act literature, and, and especially in, in your book, "The Heart of Act," um, there's this uh, um, invitation to, to look within and to—I to, um, don't know—I don't—I don't know what I want to say about that. But if there is more to say, but um, I mean, I guess I just—I I don't know—to do, do our work as therapists, you know.
0: Yeah, but um, I think that in order to do act well, to really embody the work that uh, there, you do have to start here. Are you willing? Are you um, in this moment doing values-based work with this person in front of you? Are you open and diffused? Can you hold them as a whole human being or are you sort of caught up in what's the next best metaphor Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: or or what's the technique that i should use here to help them diffuse Mm -hmm. Um, and again i want to be careful like it's not that you can't do that right like Mm -hmm. techniques and metaphors and exercises are all part of you know bringing a lively process oriented therapy into the room and then there's the experiential piece not separate from but not given enough attention to um we're so busy describing that we're haven't sort of stopped to see if this can be described number one and if it can how do we how do we move people into this space mm-hmm. i mean we know from years of um Research and meta analyses, and uh, uh, looking at these non-specific factors, uh, so to speak, are always contributing to the outcomes, and quite often account for uh, a fair share of the variance, even more than the intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, what are those things, and what creates that
2: mm-hmm.
0: that quality of the relationship? And it's, I think, um, more than just being empathic or um, being sympathetic with the client or standing inside of unconditional positive regard. Um, I wish Manuela O'Connell was here to chat with us because <laughs> she and I are in the process of actually writing a chapter about this very issue. All right let's call her let's call her and get her on the line (laughs) i know that would be a fun discussion i think she would
1: yeah yeah. i I actually i recorded an episode in spanish with her because i was going to get another thing going and then it just didn't get off the ground but so i i've got to keep getting pushing her to come on
0: ah yeah no i very much wishing that she was here and we could talk (laughs) about this because in writing this chapter and we were we've been thinking about you know what is this kind of quality and she tagged it really i think she deserves a credit here where she was thinking about it in terms of like three levels of intervention one way of sort of being in the therapeutic relationship where you bring in the techniques and exercise and you sort of walk through a protocol with a Mm -hmm. client
2: Mm -hmm.
0: that can be a fine way of doing therapy Um, some people will surely benefit from that approach Mm -hmm. Then if you think about the therapist um, coming in and using techniques and metaphors and processes, as well as unconditional positive regard, empathy, compassion, Mm -hmm. right? There's sort of a second way of coming into the room. And then the third is uh, a full sort of integrated Interbehavioral space, that's not just about, I'm going to be compassionate here. It's I'm also going to be self reflective, and aware and mm-hmm. use myself in the therapy in ways that are um, responsive, and are about what's happening for me intrapersonally, mm-hmm. in the service of what's happening for the client. So there's an interpersonal quality to it. And the arc of it is to move toward Their hoped for outcome, Mm -hmm. um, meaning in life, uh, creating a life worth living, so to speak, and so, like all three of these uh, might be great ways to do therapy. Yeah, Um, but I'm kind of hoping for the third because you can feel a like a a heartfelt space there where Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not just having empathy for you. I'm joining you, and I'm sharing with you what's happening for me. And I'm thinking about how you and I can relate together in such a way that change is possible. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that I can be honest and open and Mm. give direct feedback and encouragement and be inside of a space that points to your experiences of the heart of your of your sensations and emotions that is completely and fully open. And that there's not one ounce of anything that you're feeling or sensing that's unacceptable.
1: Mm-hmm. And if that that piece is a, a tr- for me, a very tricky one, because it's so um, easy to want to like, do something <laughs> I don't know. How to put that, uh, you know, like that I, sh- I should be you know, we sh- I had there's something that has to be changed, and 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 when when I, I noticed that when I approach in that way, and it maybe it's a metaphor or suggestion or explaining, it's kind of in a way just saying whatever you have right now isn't okay, you know, like it, it's not, I can't, we can this can't be here right now. I'm communicating well enough there
0: when like when you're coming from the head, there's yeah, yeah.
1: I guess so, I guess so, yeah, like I, yeah, and yeah,
0: um, yeah, I think that. You is that know. making
1: sense? Am I like? I don't think it is.
0: Yeah, <laughs> help me out here. Say say a little bit more. Say a little bit more. Or less
1: maybe. I should say less.
0: That, yeah. <laughs> that um, would fit with the theme here, right? Right. Well, and the, I do
1: want to say though that I, I I, I uh, want to be friends with my mind. I want us to work together, and that's something I'm realizing. I've been having this aggressive kind of you know. It's the bad the b- the big bad boogeyman, you know. Um, oh yeah yeah. So um, I just want to sprinkle that in there. But um, I don't want to get in anybody's way. And I, I think that it's really easy to get into somebody's way something that I that stuck with me from has stuck with me from um, one of my interviews with Bartosz, actually, he said, uh, the way that we hurt other people is by forgetting that we're a human not being a human with other humans. No, well, I think that's a,
0: that's a very interesting and improbably probably accurate thing that uh, Bartosh is saying. And um, I wouldn't say this, that I'm not interested in change. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: And I, that I am just sitting in the room, like a, you know, zenning out or something Mm -hmm. like that. Right. Like that's, uh, it's active. It's energized it's engaged it's right like that this presence is a full on like let's get somewhere Mm -hmm. but the where are we getting to is i think an important question and what needs to be fixed is an important question so i'm interested in change Mm -hmm. but i'm pretty clear with clients that i'm not interested in trying to help them have better minds or better feelings like I'm clear, this is about better lives. And that's my agenda. Mm-hmm. Which is something many clinical uh, uh, therapists are told not to do right, your agenda stays out of the room.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And I bring my agenda in the room. Yeah. And but I'm explicit about it. And invitational is that something you're interested in? for one thing and if so then what kind of change are we going to make mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so i guess i say that to say i am interested in change
1: yeah yeah i i, I am too and i don't uh, mean to sound like i am let's just stay open and zending out but I, I guess i just i think that this posture of of um um saying yes to what's there and just appreciating that before you jump to no, we got can't have that anymore you know um I don't know there's something there for me that i've been i've been picking up on in myself and trying to just
0: have an example
1: um, um let me see here i say someone someone who's um just really noticing for the first time how much they are triggered by social settings how much just in you know the overarching theme for them is social settings are are di- difficult yeah? and in that awareness, there's this quick, like, just shame that jumps in, you didn't even really pick up on on how <clears throat> overarching this was in their life. And there's this shame. And it's like, you know, I just shame on me for having this, you know, and um, I don't know, I just been working on like, how can we just not run from that so fast to it, that it's got to go away to let's just let's appreciate, let's get to know it more and um and and maybe it's not even necessarily with words but just how you know i'm i'm working and trying to slow down and steer them towards being you know gentle with themselves oh. and this 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 new part of them that are they're meeting for the first time really
0: yeah, yeah. just two things um because i want to talk about this specifically and mm-hmm. um, also i i just to speak to minds for just a moment they can be the boogeyman Mm
2: -hmm.
0: but they're not always the boogeyman
2: yeah right
0: Yeah, they like thank goodness i have a mind (laughs) i wish it worked a little better sometimes but you know uh uh they're not always the boogeyman but they can be the boogeyman and so your relationship with your mind is um um I think important and relevant, like, uh, when are you with me? And when are you not? And I'm hoping I'm aware enough that I can choose Mm -hmm. appropriately, according to what I care about, when the knot is pulling me away. Yeah. Like in this circumstance, a social situation, where the shame shows up so quickly and maybe you're not maybe the person is not even like aware of what's happening and they're just out of there right Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's a thing about shame like if we look at the way we relate to shame in general nobody wants to feel it uh when it's there it often means that we're being self-conscious or we're or we're thinking of being rejected uh, in some way for something about ourselves that we think is inadequate, or we don't like, or -hmm. ashamed of our being in some way. Um, And perhaps even there's some shame there that's about having done something in the past that you wish you hadn't done, right? Like you can sort of uh, imagine all of those things Mm -hmm. about shame. And like, it's pretty clear that if you look at sort of the experience of emotion, like anxiety, like people will often take anxiety over shame, right? Like it sort of lives in the dark corners of nobody wants that. Uh And I think it serves some pretty important functions for us as human beings. People who cannot feel shame are probably some of the folks who are causing the most pain in the world. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, And, you know, shame can be important in many ways and developed for a reason, right? It's here and with us for a reason. Now, if it's about a self critical thing, like, I'm ashamed of who I am in social situations, or I'm not adequate, or something like that let's look at it from a a that space. So there's sort of shame about yourself, but for who you are, what you Mm. look like, or something like that. And there's shame because of something you've done. Like, I wish I hadn't done this thing Mm. that I I did. So that one, let's really go in and look internally and see what your values are about. Let's not fix the shame, let's approach it. And Mm move into it and really come to understand how it feels, what it's telling you, what the message is, and let's, um, you know, sit inside of this p- space and um, not see it as an enemy. For this other one, <laughs> I want to actually take a different kind of approach and look at instead of internal reflection external reflection and the way the world labels and categorizes and says what's okay and acceptable in social situations and what isn't Hmm. and we have to have some rules right like we don't want to have rules we've got to have rules about not harming each other and you know behaving in ways that are at least somewhat polite and in recognition that we're in a civilization. Mm -hmm. But then we have a lot of rules about, you should be this color, you should be Mm -hmm. this shape, you should be um, wear these clothes, you should right. And when we don't have those things, we compare and then we feel shame about our who we are.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Then I want to work more towards, like noticing the this social thing that's going on. That's not your fault. Like you didn't create Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this social message. Mm -hmm. And like, if you can think of it in terms of some where you might go with it, like, when was the first time you felt shamed for just being you and what you look like, and often starts at like, yeah, tender ages right Mm -hmm. and can you see that you didn't say hey i want to feel ashamed of me Mm -hmm. the world visited you its messages visited you yeah and you didn't intend to struggle with this yet here it is and so perhaps we can hold those messages lightly notice what shows up with it Mm -hmm. And step again, right? Like that kind of. So you're sort of you see the two. I mean maybe Mm -hmm. there's another space too that Mm -hmm. one's an external reflection and one's an internal reflection.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think helping helping others see how those invisible forces are are pushing and prodding is it's nice if, if they can if they can acknowledge it and appreciate that, you
0: know. And in both places you're you're not fixing the shame. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You're seeing it for what it is. Yeah, responses to actions by yourself, or by others.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm hearing a lot of, uh, you know, places to go there with with helping someone get to know that self that's that, that self
0: with a big S. Yeah. We're back into that space, right? Like, yeah. what do I know about me? And am I aware of how I show up in the world?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and am I aware of how I show up in relationship to my clients? Mm -hmm. Or am I here sort of working it out all the time?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or just being pulled by some part of me that's working it out all the time. Yeah. 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 I worry that sometimes I um ascribe too much um behavior that I don't that I want to just kind of say is bad I guess and without saying it's bad to the mind you know like did your mind say that you know is that you know and I worry that I'm 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 um promoting a relationship that is like yeah your mind is you know you gotta be it's 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 bad you know (laughs) does that make
0: yeah 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 again i like our minds are what's allowing you and i to have this conversation mm-hmm. and i see that as a like i put it in the category yeah. positive right
1: was <laughs> that was a that looked like a, ro- a dunk
0: <laughs> yeah. we were dunking a basketball there's so, a negative or positive right like this <laughs> so i put it in the category yeah yeah, yeah.
1: but I, well here's what I, I don't let me just rephrase because just uh yeah. okay so um i i want to help people have a good healthy a healthy relationship with their mind okay and uh, i worry that sometimes i'm just i catch myself i say something i'm like oh yeah you're did that come from your mind you know like they you know notice how you know and it's like subtly i'm saying you got to be you know just it's a it's you know saying uh, if it's if it's not healthy if it's not good you just just throw it to the mind throw in that waste basket of that came from that you know that shithole or whatever yeah. <laughs>
0: Mind equals (laughs) shithole.
1: And it's not, it's not, I I mean, I, I mean, that's my stuff, you know, I I acknowledge that, but I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to help people have a a healthy relationship there.
0: Yeah. And you, do you have a sense of what you mean by healthy?
1: Well, yeah, team where it's in harmony, it's, it's unity. Like it's, it's like, oh, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's seen as, the tool that it is just you know what, what is what it's useful for and um um yeah uh isn't like this um just kind of uh black and white kind of uh entity
0: i do think that if you're just like getting in there and like reading all the time and thinking about people thinking about people's relationships with their minds, it can sort of begin to tilt into mind is bad.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Right? Like it sort of can start to have that quality. And again, this supports the idea of Am I aware of my own presence, and words in the session? And if so, I don't want to give that message. Yeah, I want to be aware of how I'm conveying the possibility of a different kind of relationship with mind, a transcendent relationship, which I, like, if you think about um, that kind of transcendent relationship with mind, you could see thinking or the ongoing process of thinking that anything that evaluates it as good or bad is is goes back into the mind, it's not transcendent anymore. Mm-hmm.
1: That, yeah, just the yeah, kind of labeling part of, of us.
0: Yeah, and so you've lost the transcendence of like, oh, it's good that um, mm. my mind said that, or it's bad, or my mind's like that. As soon as you're in that space, you're out of the transcendent space. Does yeah. that make sense? What I'm saying?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, I guess I just think that there's uh, something about helping someone initially when I so when when you're starting to work with someone start to have notice this this process is going on. And I, I just noticed that sometimes the way I do it is is kind of uh, it is that like, you know, demonizing it a little bit, you know, and I worry about that. So can you fix me?
0: (laughs) Well, I, I mean, I I think that there are a lot of folks who are at risk for that of demonizing Mm -hmm. the mind and i th- i think the the um just being aware and adding in adding to what you're saying so notice here that your mind is like not helping you it's okay. afraid it's running it's evaluating it's not always doing that but i just notice here right? Like you just add in little spaces where you can sort of balance out the Mm. the message that might be in there. There are times when minds are incredibly useful, right?
2: Yeah, Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, uh, sort of, like, let's, we need to hold the tension between these two places. And be able to see that tension and Uh, it takes practice. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) You know, I write in the book, um, uh, The Heart of Act, there's no arrival.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And for as much as you might read about act or go to workshops or, you know, dig into it in some other way, get supervision or something like that. There's consultation,
1: a, you mean consultation?
0: Yeah, consultation. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there, there's not a place where you um, are done. Mm-hmm. And there's no arrival. Yeah, yeah. death when, when you die, maybe you're done. But you know, that the that I've been doing it for almost 30 years now, I've mm-hmm. been working, uh, using act, and no. I'm still learning. I'm still working on my own process in it and my own awareness, my own presence to it. Mm -hmm. And I hope that that's part of what makes it exciting for me is that it's creative and curious and interesting. And what is this thing called a relationship with the mind? And what is this place where we're feeling things from our, or Yeah, that there's a a sense of something that's about the heart. Mm -hmm. Um, You know that uh, uh, philosophers used to hold that we we thought with our heart and not our Mm -hmm. mind. Mm -hmm. And I'm always curious about that. I wonder why they thought that. And when you think about the way people uh, talk about where they feel things, right? i mean sometimes it's here when you're talking about stress or anger it can be in the head but um a lot of the times it's like right in this yeah. space and there's yeah. lots of nerve endings and stuff that are ha- going on down there right and um yeah i just want to make room for that stuff
1: yeah i'm um, i'm wondering you know you say something that i i really uh love and that's this uh you know what if we can if we can an invitation to live from the feet up rather than the head down. yeah. You know? How uh where did that come from?
0: Well I I heard it said in a movie that I'm not gonna remember the name of it. Okay. Huh. I have to think for a moment. And it Ver-
1: just, verbatim they said. No, it like
0: I, I don't know if it was verbatim.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah they might have said something like, I'm doing this from the feet up, I you know that they were yelling it. And it uh-huh. just struck me. Uh-huh. Um, and I wish I could remember the name of the movie, but I'm not going to.
2: Okay.
0: Um, and that we that life from the feet up feels like, but it, and it's not a like, you know, uh, get your act together and get with it and move it's a, it's an invitation to start there and step. And because you can't make change by holding steel. Whether you're talking about that psychologically or emotionally, like, if you're frozen,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: it's change doesn't happen. And you know life, uh, life unfolds in our movement in our willingness to like put that foot uh, out in front of us and sometimes it means kind of stepping off of a ledge and having a a, a bit of faith that you're going to land somewhere
2: mm-hmm.
0: and sometimes it means that's the path and my i'm going to put my feet on it and uh walk forward i'm just like if as a kind of dyed-in-the-wool behaviorist, right? Like you behave, but I mean it in a action-oriented kind of way. Mm-hmm. It's invitational and it's um, tender. It's not like with a finger wag, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: like you better behave. It's like come into life.
2: Yeah. And yeah, life yeah,
0: yeah. is about moving. Mm-hmm can't do it holding still
1: yeah and that that's uh yeah i don't know what else i had to say about that i i guess i guess it's not like in in you know what i'm hearing and sensing from you is like that that is communicated with um probably more often than not with how you are with someone rather than what you just said you wouldn't like necessarily say that to someone
0: i have, <laughs> you have yeah I mean, I would, I have in the been. right context <laughs> yeah yeah i have and uh, uh, uh but yes it's i am inviting them into motion mm-hmm. and might do that in all different kinds of ways
1: yeah well and, and i guess i guess I, the, the point i want to make is that um that what you just said i think will probably resonate with um just about everybody who listens to this and um you know uh the trick is for us as therapists to not just go to the client and pair it back what you just said to them right
0: you're exactly right because then it becomes a technique Mm. and it loses its flavor it loses its colorfulness Mm. it loses its power and it just sounds yeah. Canned and corn.
1: It's like uh watermelon gum versus watermelon.
0: <laughs> yes. Watermelon gum is terrible, by the way. You don't like that? Come on. No. <laughs> For me, it's not good. I uh, uh-huh. I've tried it and I'm not impressed. You're not a fan. Yeah, it's the difference between you know eating a fruit and looking at the fruit.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay
0: wishing you could eat it I, i've said in the book um um uh, are you going to read the menu or eat right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. taste everything on the menu not just the you know people like what should i eat this or should i eat that or should i eat that i was like just mm. eat it all right <laughs> <laughs> that's was, kind of <laughs> you,
1: i um, was thinking about that in terms of like uh like a animal like a what is it the pan- a panda they just eat eucalyptus right Yeah. I wonder if they just evolved to that because they're like, "Well, this is the one thing I know won't kill me, so I'm just going to eat this all day."
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it's what's the other thing that's fascinating about it is they have to eat a lot of it, right, all day, in order to sustain themselves. (laughs) My job is to eat, right
1: um and going back to what you said about meaning I, I, one of the the pieces definitely the piece that really slapped me the hardest from the book was the epilogue and um the just the the, the i would felt like prose i was reading at the end of um this appreciation of death oh
0: yeah yeah
1: and that's not a that's not a topic i don't think that gets much attention in in our um literature here in our camp
0: doesn't I I've seen a few kind of chapters on it here and there. Um, and it's sort of a marriage between existentialism, uh, and what we're seeing in act. And I think, like, Steve, and other developers would say, yes, it's absolutely there. And mm-hmm. I've seen a few ACBS panels on these kinds of things. But I, death is what gives life meaning. And, you know, we have movies that are about this kind of thing. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen the, what is it called? Carbon, something carbon where you put, you can basically put your essence in some carbon and then plug it into a new body. And so Mm. you can just keep plugging it into a new body. And Mm -hmm. um, it's a great movie and um, a series it is. And essentially people kind of run out of things to do and they're like, I don't know what this is all about, and you know they're they're into games that are harmful and stuff like that because they're just trying to entertain themselves. And um, I think that maybe sometimes we don't talk about it because we're a culture that's afraid of death, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes we don't talk about it because we're sort of oriented on the meaning of life and i think it's built inside that we are all gonna die it's coming mm-hmm. and so you come up on this question is not why but how you yeah. know if i yeah, have yeah. this much time here how do i want to do it
1: mm-hmm. how do well, i and wanna- i want to just mention too if i could real quick like that you know we when we were mm, living mm, our our ancestors were were you know their 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 individual purpose was the survival of the group and we don't have that anymore really you know we're left to kind of um i don't know make sense of things on our own for a lot of us i mean some some people subscribe to a religious um religion that that helps them make sense of it but it's not the case for for a lot of us
0: we've we've It it is interesting to see how things have evolved in terms of um, as an independent person or as a person who isn't, you know, leaning into religion or something like that, Mm -hmm. what does this all mean? And yet we still have very few people who are nihilists, right? Or nihilists if that's, I know some people pronounce it that way too. Um, There are some, right? But um, my sort of take, and maybe this is a bit optimistic, is that, you know, being pro-social kind of wins in mm-hmm. a lot of places. I mean, as we've seen over the last um, short period of time, one human can make a lot of pain and damage for a lot of people with what's mm-hmm. going on in Ukraine. And, uh, uh, that, and I would say this is a person with no shame. This is a person with no guilt. Mm-hmm. This is a person who is kind of outside of those places that most of us still live inside of. Uh, which is, you know, we do have a sense of love and caring, and just how is how are we gonna how are we gonna show that
2: mm-hmm.
0: to ourselves? By the way. And to others. Because I was just saying earlier today with a client, you know, the heart feeds itself first. And we forget that. Like the heart literally pops uh, pumps oxygen to itself first Mm. to keep it alive so that it can pump oxygen everywhere else. Mm. And so you need a little bit of selfishness and a lot of Pro social mm-hmm. behavior. And I think, like, almost every human being I meet has some level of interest in that. Yeah. Which is, I think, a good thing, right? It's sort of about keeping us organized as social animals. I am curious what will happen to us as we continue on this path of not having these organizations and becomes more independent from. Mm-hmm. This is my meaning. Mm -hmm, mm
2: -hmm.
0: Where you're where you are having to look at it personally.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, some of the thoughts is that we're going to be working towards uh, immortality here, you know. Uh, That's, that's in the, that's in the, that's in the fold for a lot of uh, a lot of those tech giants.
0: And take our our consciousness and insert it into a a robot or something like that. But, you know, this presumes that, um, you know, we're not hit by a meteor, right? Like, and I say that with purpose and that in this sense is that we think we can control the things that we don't control. Mm -hmm. I can control what I'm doing with my feet. And so, what will I do given that I probably have, um, you know, I don't know, a couple thousand weeks left in my life? Mm -hmm. You know, like this is an interesting thing. There's a place that you can go on the internet and calculate the number of weeks you have left in your life based on a couple of pieces of information, approximately. Mm -hmm. And it's startling when you realize like, Oh, well, maybe it's only 600 weeks left. And we all need to see that I think to say, okay, let me, let me, let me taste everything on the menu. Thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. Leave nothing on the table. Yeah. How do you, how do you gauge and I, this? I know um, I, I'm going to try to ask this in a way that isn't like, give us the cookbook. But could you um, help me see? Or how do I ask this? Um, this is an important topic, and and I want to be sensitive to where a client is, right? Like, how do how does my agenda, um, because I think it's an important topic, you know, um, not bulldoze. You know, how can I be sensitive to?
0: you know this it's a a really good question um because we also have to be contextually sensitive right Mm -hmm. like um what if you have a cancer patient sitting in front of you or um what if you have somebody who can't do everything they want because they're limited by where they come from Mm -hmm. or color their skin, you know, like there's variables here that play a role. Uh, And maybe this maybe this is a little bit too forceful on my part. And I would say to other clinicians only do this, if it's coming from a sincere and authentic place. Yeah. Is that and I'm going to add to it a little bit too, but um, that live as big and as large as you can, Mm. whatever the context. And so I don't mean this consume, you know, Mm. uh, uh, run around wild, it's not about nihilism. It's about if you're interested in being loving. How would that look if you're like bold with it if you like, step into it and mean it? And I've had very few, if any, I can't think of any right now clients say, that's not that's crazy. That's not what I want. (laughs) right?" Uh, uh, And I do want to be sensitive. And that's where that interpersonal relationship piece becomes so important is if I'm speaking to even somebody who's had like the context is such that it's really hard to bear what's happening I can't think of something specifically right now but Mm -hmm. if I can say I see your pain I hope for joy and I want you to have the A life that's full of something of of color, of meaning, of vitality, where you feel like you're connected to this world in a way where you see the interdependence and you can create something that when you look back across your life, you say, I took those leaps of faith, I Mm -hmm. took the risk, I didn't live by fear. Yeah. And so I agree with you, like, it's like, I'm not just gonna like, technique it in there. Mm -hmm. Because if you do, it does, it won't land, it won't, it'll sound forceful, and not invitational.
1: So like, when you do a training, and you you do like, uh, you have um, uh, a really nice exercise you do with a line, you know, you Mm -hmm. have people put a dot on the line, you know, how, where are they in their life and take a look at how much you have left? What are you hoping for there?
0: awareness that death is coming? (laughs) And, you know, where are you? And how will you do this? From this point forward? Notice how you've lived, how things have unfolded. And if your fearful mind has pushed you around in ways where the thing that you've wanted to happen uh, in terms of how you want to be, because we can't always predict the consequences, right? Like you can be fully loving, let's say, and get squashed, right? Like it could be painful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so do you stop be fully loving, fully loving then is the question that shows up next. How do you want to be then from that moment forward towards yourself and others? And um you know how does that line look? Has it has that line pre point where you've marked it? This is where I'm at in the line of my life. That's how close I am to death. Um, have I, you know, lived by fear, or have I lived by meaning? Have I lived by fear sometimes and by meaning sometimes? And want to like change the balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I only have this much time left, what am I waiting for?
2: Yeah. No.
0: Cause that's a lot of people are waiting for something else, right? <laughs> They're waiting to have confidence, mm-hmm. sort of feel better or to mm-hmm. have the right blah, blah, blah inside. And I was just like, okay, the waiting continues. Yeah. 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 I'll see you in yeah. a year and you'll put another mark closer to death. And you'll look back and that same thing will that same thing will be there.
1: Yeah. And, and and if we look to popular culture, we'll see a bunch of reasons why we should wait, right? Before we do anything, you know,
0: get some self esteem. My, like, what a horrible place that psychology went to with that whole bit.
1: Self esteem. Oh, yeah. How so?
0: you need to have good self esteem in order to do anything. Uh So let's, let's give you good self esteem first. And then you'll be able to live your life. Mm -hmm. And people, you know, wander around looking for good self esteem and Mm -hmm. life is like the clock is ticking. What if you hold yourself in an esteemed way? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And life from the feet up, right? Like you see the difference between those Mm -hmm. two places? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Question I sometimes ask is, um, is the beach only for skinny people?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And some people will say yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But you can just see how life got smaller there. Right. Like. If it's only for skinny people, it got smaller.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, so th- uh, yeah. Okay. Was there it reminds, some...
0: Well, it's, yeah. I was thinking about another a client that I've worked with where his message has been not for me uh, throughout his life. Like he looks at the world and the things that he could have, and you just, he just hears this, not for me. Mm-hmm. I need, mean, you know, he's like, if I had something else other than who I am, maybe that would be for me. Yeah. You can just like, feel, like, it's almost like, he's collapsed in on himself in that space. And I see that happen to so many folks. And sometimes that sort of recognition that death is coming is like, Oh, wait a minute. Am I going to live inside of not for me? Or am I gonna move out and into the world? Am I going to get in motion? Yeah.
1: And And so the um raising of this this uh, topic of mortality is kind of a maybe a way to jump start things a bit uh
0: i think almost i think with almost every client i've raised the topic of mortality okay yeah but not in a, a morbid kind. you're of gonna life. die <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that'd be that'd be funny right there probably could be some clients that i could do that with right. and they would they would join yeah, yeah, me yeah. but uh not all clients <laughs> I, I say it a, to what's it? i just no, was gonna no, say no. i say it to myself that way sometimes right. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit from a
1: robin williams stand-up where he's like talking about uh some some like a uh, voodoo person in new orleans saying that you know is that, that's the thing i have in my mind when i yeah when you Anyways, said, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. maybe i should record that if you would do that for me again i'll record <laughs> yeah. it and i'll like just push the button in the therapy room right like... right anything
1: <laughs> any, anything could be contextually appropriate i actually <laughs> i actually texted a a, a client um uh share an image with a client of a uh, you know this the whole like uh trump thing fuck your feelings you see those flags that said fuck your feelings
0: i have not seen okay. those yeah
1: it was like a Trump flag. It was like "fuck your feelings," which is i kind of it's it's funny in a lot of ways. But anyways, we'll leave that alone for now. But it, that it was help like it was helpful. It was a, like a you know the humor in that and just like yeah. them laughing at their own their own stuff. So
0: yeah,
1: it wouldn't work. That doesn't work for everybody. You know? You
0: know? <laughs> Maybe I saw them Well, and I have I could say something else about you know fuck <laughs> fuck you something else. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry,
1: but you were saying, um, you've raised this issue of mortality. You're it's a, it's a, it's a regular for you.
0: I, you know, it, it's not like I'm talking about it every session, but I uh, do bring it up with every client at okay. some point. And like, I'm trying to think of a client I haven't brought it up with, and that's not coming to my mind. Um, younger folks i tend to not bring it up with like super youngsters because they're they're Mm -hmm. like no you're crazy i'm gonna live forever Mm -hmm. (laughs) right you don't you don't know (laughs) i find another way in it feels too far away yeah yeah almost anybody you know mid-20s up okay yeah i want to i want to get it in the room in some way but to get a sense of where they're at with it Yeah. yeah how do you see this and what it? How does it pertain to the meaning you want to create? And, uh, you know, so many of us, as we age, and you mentioned this at, when we started, right? As we get older, um, we start to wake up to something within ourselves. And I think you said, as I get older, I'm recognizing this thing going on in my head that feels wordy, or that's not exactly the way you said it, but... Um, And it doesn't i want to move beyond it Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and maybe it's just you have to get older in order to see it but i think it's we get closer to death and we like the closer i get to death the more i love life like i i i kind of like things like birds and trees and you know the smell of flowers and that kind of stuff i don't i don't want to leave it behind yeah, but I am going to. It's there will be a time when it will be my time,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I want to, with my feet, like, be present to the birds and flowers and trees. It means i have to care for those things, right? Mm-hmm. Can't just take advantage of them because I'll make them disappear if I'm not participating in their survival.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: you can see that sort of reference to the interdependence of this process
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. hmm it's a lot there and I'm hearing a lot of uh, you know your um, I'm, I'm hearing and seeing you know like in you're sharing the the fruits of your labor you know and, uh, I think that that's just I mean I, I think for me is so vital because I, I uh, have have seen the more that I've paid attention to these these topics for myself and uh, just kept I guess you know sharpening this tool and in, in a and um, just uh, the more present I can be to what's contextually appropriate I think and I don't I don't know I'm not saying like you know I'm like the most effective person in the world or anything but I just feel more in tune more in harmony.
0: I really like um, the notion of harmony. That might be a good way to refer to it even like this sense of harmony in Mm -hmm. the experience that you're having Mm -hmm. sitting Mm -hmm. in front of another human being. um, Working with them to live.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and going I, I don't know, I don't, maybe I'm trying to just throw stuff in here that has nothing to do with this conversation, but hopefully it does. Um, but I just feel like it's in our culture, and I'm you know most familiar, even though I'm you know come from a diverse background, um, regardless of what my face looks like, uh, I'm most familiar with our Anglo culture in North America and it's 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 one that's really uptight. We're so fucking uptight. I know, and I know the United States is, it's big enough to be, you know, probably 10 different countries, you know, in terms of culture, but like, I just, I think um, we have a lot to learn about loosening up.
0: Letting go of control. Not that we aren't, you know, controlling our behavior and the way we move in the world, but our idea that we are going to, you know, not, be human in some way
1: there's a reason why we're referred to as crackers
0: that not not be human
1: (laughs) no but i'm just saying like it's It's like a brittle thing it it breaks very easily you know and it's you know crumbles all over the place and
0: yeah i I think that um if we can sort of step away from no um not be so afraid of uncertainty Mm -hmm. um It's just the. It's in the ethos, right? Like, you gotta get a job. You gotta have money. You gotta work. You gotta kids. Kids. You gotta. But you. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta. And. You know, this is what I. I. Did you listen to Steve's end of normal talk?
1: Was that at uh, the last world
0: conference? No, he just put it out on YouTube, and he did it with um, some company. Oh, Oh, but he
1: sang the song at the. Didn't yeah, it's not
0: the song it's an okay. hour long talk
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's an hour long him singing
0: yeah right no. <laughs> yikes <laughs> no i haven't i haven't yes yeah, it's, it's um end of normal Uh and i was just really taken with what he's saying and um uh it has he,
1: he wrote a few blog posts on psychology today i think and that's part of that right
0: yeah and he okay. gave us this talk with I thought I had it pulled up here, but um, he gave this talk, um, I think for a group in either New Zealand or Australia, I'll send you the link. Okay. And it's I would watch it too. I wouldn't just listen, I'd watch Um, because he has some visuals that I think are important in terms of the message he's communicating. And an interesting thing that he says is that we didn't even have the word normal. In our vocabulary until like just recently in terms mm-hmm. of human humankind's development of language and that we sort of have this idea that there's a normal way to do things mm-hmm. a normal way to be the you got us, right and he's suggesting that we really miss the mark yeah by <laughs> by this piece right like a, that there is no normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really like that idea because mm-hmm. it makes room for all kinds of people and ways. And yeah, yeah, yeah. my clients hear me say this, there's all kinds of ways to live a life. And it doesn't have to always follow the rules. And you wanted to follow the laws, right? Like, well, you don't have to. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, but you follow, uh, we don't have to always follow the rules
1: yeah there's uh what's that saying that uh the only normal people out there are people you haven't talked to yet <laughs> once you talk to them you're like, yeah no, yeah, yeah no 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 no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> nope.
0: not, that <laughs> not that person nope, nope. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i mean i you know i just like think of the word uh educated a person's educated what is that i think it's like oh what is that it only means that they have a degree right no no
0: there's always there's tons of ways to be educated yeah Yeah. emotionally educated psychologically Mm. educated travel educated like there's like i could we could just you know tick off all the different ways that Mm. um, people so can we let's
1: tie let's tie that back into uh this educated in acts and educated in how i can be with someone i'm finding there's a time for me to put down the book and that doesn't mean forever or you know but like a time to go within and to, to um train myself so to speak i don't know is that resonating at all is that too well
0: if, if you what you mean by this is coming to know myself and to know the landscape of my emotion and sensation and how i react to it and the role that that reaction plays in my life, then yes. And when I when you think about, do you need to you know be the act trainer and get all the attention? The answer is no. Of course not. Um and it depends, right? Like what? Like, so I'll I'll tell you, uh Marcel, so I didn't go into um this process of act with this notion i'm going to disseminate this mm-hmm. and i'm going to you know go out and i came into it just by attending a workshop and having an awakening where as soon as i contacted self as context like it was a it was a moment of like a 180 degree shift for me. I was like, Oh, this yeah. is amazing. And um, only later kind of thought, Oh, I'd like to share this with other people. Never imagined never strived to um, like, you know, have all these trainings and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. It's just not how I come at it. It was I just want to do good work here.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. It's meaningful to me. And if people can come into it from that angle, Mm -hmm. if they're wanting to learn and delve and make something in that space, it'll be very different than coming into it, I must be popular. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because then if you have 50 or one, it's still meaningful.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I, I definitely appreciate that about you. I, 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 I um, don't feel like you do anything that you do because you're um, needing to do it. I don't know. You know, Just like there's a genuine, genuineness and, um loving quality that I think we all we all really appreciate that you're sharing.
0: Thank you. It doesn't mean I don't have to smack my ego around sometimes. <laughs> <honest. laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're There's human. You.
1: You're human too, right, Robin? <laughs> yes. Robin Welters is human.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I I got to give my ego a good tongue lashing from time to time.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Uh so um I don't know, I guess I just for me, I want to share that, um, you know, there's this, this inward journey that happens for me, or it has been happening in, in my, in my maturity and uh, current maturity, where it's like, uh, you know, not, it's, um, I guess it's more the, 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 the the, in, the, the internal locus of control, you know, this like, you know, this me, you know, um, learning to love myself and, and appreciate myself and not need, you know, so much, uh, Someone else and someone else's uh, pass go get two hundred dollars.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, and from that maybe is the best connections of all mm. with others.
1: Mm-hmm. hmm Yeah. Yeah. It takes takes them off the hook quite a bit.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <It's like laughs>
1: And uh, anything that's, um, I don't know, I feel like I'm pretty random today, pretty all over the place. So it's gonna be interesting edit here. Um, maybe not. Sometimes I feel like that. And then I go back and I'm like, Oh, that, that was nice. But um, so I don't know. Is there anything that is, re- is like your you know, any leftovers you've got that you want to?
0: Nothing that's occurring to me in the moment. Um, okay. It seems like we had a very real conversation, a nice conversation. So Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, but at my first boot camp, I got on stage with you. You probably don't remember that.
0: How long ago was that, Marcel? Uh, 1974,
1: I think it was. That was um 16 2016 in Tampa. 2000 in Tampa.
0: Did was it helpful? I hope
1: was a good start. I was, I think it was just like so much, you know, like being on stage, it's like, you know, and yeah, it was, but no, yeah. And, in, I mean, it didn't fix my issue, (laughs) but it was helpful for me to learn about act and you know, being with someone for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 My wife and my mom are still fighting. (laughs) (laughs) I have a very vague recollection of it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, Well, thanks so much. it's, It's amazing. It was that long ago.
1: Yeah. Well, does that feel like a long time ago? It does. Do you, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Ages. Uh, I really, I'm really uh, grateful for you to be part of this, have your voice on this, and um, uh, energy and. Um, and for, for inviting me. Yeah. And for yeah. your
0: patience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, hopefully, uh, hopefully, um, you we'll know, cross paths in the real world mm-hmm. here soon.